0: This call may be recorded or transcribed. Hello, Robbie.
1: Hello, my name is Robbie and maybe I'm a lodgeaholic. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome.
2: Uh, I, um, yes, I had an epiphany, which I think is related to your question about how I handled last week's call. Did you uh-huh. want
1: to share more of your thoughts, or should I dive into? Well, it uh, you were it seemed like in your call you were drawing a line that I was new to me between how Jesus loved the Pharisees. I mean, I, clearly the way he loved the Pharisees was different, um, but whether he was intentional in provoking them to kill him, or whether he was focused on truth and that. Provoked or react, and, and whether we're supposed to provoke, m- m- have provoking people as a goal anyway. There were a lot of questions. <laughs> Excuse me, but I felt like you were, in retrospect, like you were treating me on the outside of that line that you're you needed to try and provoke me. Um, you know, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what. But, uh, that I have clear thoughts about that. It felt like. Um uh, and the you know, the conclusion, do you really know Christ? Do you know who Christ is? Um, it felt like accusatory questions that I don't. Um, or the, and I felt like Jesus said, well find out from Ernie what he means like that. That's like asking somebody I mean it's not the same question as are you a Christian? But people ask, Are you a Christian? meaning a lot of different things and you need to know what they mean in order to answer that intelligently. So those were my uh you know my experience and thoughts afterwards
0: okay um i think i have
2: an answer that will eventually make sense but it's a bit of a winding road um,
1: okay well are uh, you my, my 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 experience is that um uh, sometimes it may be that you're processing things out loud and i just feel like i can't keep up but i can't slow the train down um, so maybe in, in advance we can talk about, can we go at the pace that um, uh, where I, uh, we, you know, I I can keep up with you or do I let you run ahead because you're learning things, figuring things out as you're talking? Or that you is just a, yeah know, roll and see which way we go.
2: Yeah, so let's think about this. I think establishing roles is one of the mm-hmm. things I thought of that would be useful. and also establishing, uh, let's call call it a norm, and then establishing a process for exceptions. Mm -hmm. So so I think I understand what it is I have been doing wrong in my relationship with you and my wife, and my objective of this conversation is to articulate that in a way that reflects my current best understanding and hopefully that improves as we go along Mm -hmm. and also in a way that makes sense to you okay and so there's a tension between those two because as you said sometimes it's useful for me to think out loud and i think uh, what i'm looking for is sort of some elasticity right is that if, if i'm stretching things a bit but you're you're still in the elastic limit then we're good but if the thread is starting to snap then you should throw an exception and say "Stop all right okay and I will try to be conscious of um, ensuring you're able to follow what it is uh, and um, and then if I feel like I need a moment to process I will ask that and so we will try to have both the data plane where we're trying to put this thing out and a control plane where we are managing the conversation and our room.
1: Right. Yeah, I'll raise my hand. No, I'm just kidding.
0: Sorry, lost the audio there for a second.
1: Oh, I I joked. I'll raise my hand if I have a if I need to Assume <laughs> <there. I'm laughs> that
2: would work, but probably uh, yeah, right. okay. poorly. Um, uh, and the, the, I guess the easiest phrase is "I need a moment."
1: Okay, I was good. <laughs> or I could just say "stop." I guess that yeah. might get easier, but and then we can explore, figure out if we need a moment at that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. moment is so stop can come across as aggressive. Okay. Uh, that's why I prefer the phrase like I need a moment because it's oh. saying I need something. I'm not saying stop. You're doing something wrong.
3: Okay. That's
1: fine. Yeah. Thinking stop, um, okay. yeah, stop is deeper. but Yeah. Yeah. I I accept okay. oh. that. And I may I may yeah. start using yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and are you
0: um are you time constrained?
1: Uh no, I don't think so unless somebody can, you know, I'm at home, so if something comes somebody You're, comes t- in you're
2: interruptible, me. but you're not
1: right. time right.
3: constrained. Okay. okay. Good.
2: Good. I've got uh 20 minute drive and then I have to walk the dog, so I have like somewhere between a half hour and an hour. Okay. Um so Uh, okay so let me start at the beginning you made a comment uh actually could you read the question that you wrote uh
0: in the text
1: Um, (laughs) uh, sure yeah let me go back there um in our last conversation do you feel like you were demonstrating or just describing what it means to incarnate incarnate christ um and that's specifically in the way you were interacting with me in our last conversation Do you feel like you were demonstrating or just describing what it means to incarnate Christ?
2: Yes, and and I think that is precisely the the right question, and the answer is quite simple. I was trying to articulate something, and in the process of trying to articulate it, I failed to do it. Okay, yeah. Right? And it's interesting to understand why and how, because if I can... and, And what's interesting is what I took from your question is you probably would have preferred me to incarnate it than describe it. Is that a fair assumption?
1: Um, well, I would say I care about understanding uh, more than how I feel. I think, but I think I'm unusual. Um, so I, I don't, I don't mind, you know, what we went through. I'm not offended. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't walk away from that saying. Oh, I never want to talk to Ernie again. But I can imagine your wife, uh, if she were having that kind of experience, or many at most other people, saying, eh, I'm not interested in having another conversation like that soon. Uh, It relates to conversations I was having over the weekend about our love for comfort over our love for (laughs) truth in general in the Christian community or in in the public in general.
2: Right. But it sounds like that you did mention emotions, right? Like, you don't place your emotions in high regard, but you did have them.
1: Yeah, I mean it it's your uh, what I would feel considered negative emotions, mildly negative, but uh, yeah. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a satisfying uh, affirming conversation. Yes. Okay. Good. And I uh, I, I, also felt, and I also felt like I didn't you know, what you were saying didn't make sense and I I, I wanted to, I wanted to understand, um, but I also felt kind of uh, judged for not understanding or for not for it not making sense to me.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
2: and I think that comes out to kind of the same thing. In okay. that, I mean, this is what it means to be a logoholic: is that uh-huh. I try to tell people rather than show people what I mean.
0: Okay,
3: yeah,
2: and you think that that's their fault if they fail to understand mm-hmm. um and this is the precisely the addiction I am trying to break,
1: and there's uh, there's a subtle distinction between understanding and it making sense um in that you know i can uh I can understand that you think Jesus focused uh, or actually was very intentional about provoking his death um and so there's a matter of disagreement or not making sense to me i i need i would need more time to explore scriptures with you at a slower pace you you started rattling off scriptures and i went to the first one and said uh, i thought i'd like to explore a little further because the sequence of things that jesus talks about that are self-reflective, um, pure in heart, um, you know, meek and spirit, all that. And then the reaction of others. Uh, it seemed like you were putting, uh, saying that we should pursue, uh, that we should equate those or put those in the same category. But well, for me, it looks like the reaction of others is a consequence of our focus on what we become. And that's, you know, we didn't have time in that context to have that conversation. So that's the idea of it not making sense, Uh, even though I think I understood what you were saying. Maybe I didn't understand, but that's a, it felt like I understood, but it didn't make sense from Scripture to me. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think the phrase you used was
2: understanding that, right? Which to me is kind of in the same category as knowing about, like there is okay. value <laughs> in knowing about things, but that's different than actually knowing it right or or having a useful working knowledge of how to apply
1: so I need a moment to <laughs> yeah okay. uh, yeah absorb your answer uh so let me let me try and uh yeah, well what i the words I think I heard you say a difference between uh knowing that and understanding no i I've, i lost the terminology even uh yeah but,
3: so
2: now, now let me take a moment because i feel like this may be something that if i try to explain it i will end up blowing the okay
0: let me can, can we just put a pin in that
2: and come back to that later
1: yeah or another conversation it's just uh, yeah. i'm trying to the difference between um uh, for me Understanding and making sense was the terms I used. I don't know if you were proposing a different labeling. Right. So, so,
0: that. You know, so, so I'm not, I mean, I think, I mean, I think if you, if, if the phrase you used was understanding that. This, this okay. is what I heard you say. And understanding you know,
1: think, that, yeah. I think I understood what you were saying. It didn't make sense to me from scripture. And so, I needed to wrestle i need some context where i can wrestle with it whether that's with you or somebody else and that's another piece of uh if you've if you've sorted out something in your mind that seems clear and i want to wrestle it through by raising things that i think or or pushing back against what you think um supports it uh where does that fit into our conversation uh, it's it generally my experience is you don't feel it feels like you lack patience for that or I'm not sure what the but I, I don't uh, when 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 you're it, it sometimes I uh, you've heard I've heard you say that I ignore things that we've said before um, and I it, it's been in contexts where I uh, and you've uh, tracked that to different personale- parts of a, my personality, or different personas, or whatever. Um, where in my mind it's been something. Some scripture came to mind that seems to shed a different perspective, and I I need to process that somewhere. Um, I mean, I'm just relating my experiences that when when that happens for me, it seems feels to you like. I have forgotten the previous conversation or I'm, um, you know, a different persona has popped up. Um, and I, maybe that's a totally unrelated thing, but that's a piece of improving our dynamics is understanding that I have that experience on a repeating basis, just like you have this experience, repeating that I and others in your world of context. Lose uh, completely forget something they said before and seem to be on a different track.
2: Yes, and the word that I thought, uh, if I may, uh, there, like so, I, I, I hear this dynamic and I see how it must. I can at least imagine somewhat of how it must look and feel from your side. Uh
3: huh.
2: Um, and I think the key word to break that loop is this idea of context. Yeah, okay. And what I would like to do with your permission is focus on a specific context where I have recognized a failure mode and try to explain that to you to see if uh we can understand what I mean in that context and okay. avoid getting trapped in the generalities.
1: Yeah, uh, that I like um, dealing with Whatever principles with some specific examples. So that sounds like uh, to me that sounds like a similar thing, and I'm very glad to go that direction.
0: Okay, so let, with that preamble out of the way, let us begin. Yep. So.
1: You know, to pray? Uh,
0: uh, sure. Could you pray?
1: Sure. As Jesus, we thank you that you're always with us, that you love us, that you want us to be aware of your presence. Thank you for this long friendship with Ernie. That gives us a safe context to deal with uh, sometimes difficult dynamics uh in ourselves and each other and um hopefully improve the way that we love and serve our wives so that we might learn to love them the way you love the church uh, we invite you to keep us aware of your presence or make us increasingly aware of your presence and to guide us into the understanding and awareness that you want us to have in uh in terms of ourselves and and how to relate to each other and how you relate to um the various kinds of people in your world and our world uh so that we might indeed um become you to reflect your image to be your body here on earth and to uh, continue to extend your kingdom for the sake of your name and your glory we pray amen
2: amen okay So let me start with the simple narrative just to make sure we understand the the factual context, uh, because I tend to lose the narrative if I'm not careful. So about three and a half years ago, my wife came to me and said, "Uh, I've been praying, and I believe God wants us to change our church. And I said, well, I agree, but I probably don't mean it the same way you do. Like, I think you want us to move to a different church, whereas I think God wants us to help transform the church we have. Right, right, and so that conversation didn't go anywhere uh, we went through some rough periods in our marriage we worked through them and I said okay like is there anything else we need to work on she goes yes I've been telling you for three years we need to change our church so I prayed about it and I felt like God said I should honor this request so back in March I told uh, you know, the elders that, like, I feel like God's calling us to at least take off a month to, to explore different churches to see what God has for us. And the pastor was, you know, hurt but give us his blessing. And we went off, to another church. I kept wondering if this was a temporary phase and we would come back. Um, and then um, I'm still in relationship with the men of the church and, and various people within the church uh, where we right. attended for 20. Three years, 22, 23 years, and um, long story short, I got a text uh, a couple weeks ago saying, "By the way, we've decided to shut down the church. Our last service is on the 29th." And and so that was where I was on uh, Sunday. We went and you know visited the church, saw everybody, had a big barbecue, and um. You know, my first reaction when they told me was that I wonder if I had not left the church, if it wouldn't be shutting down. And what I heard God say was, probably, uh, and that's one of the reasons you had to leave, because you would have thwarted the thing that I was trying to do. It's like, oh, huh, okay, well, I kind of wish that if I had known that, that I could have been there with them so at least I could share in the grieving process. And God said... You know, that's sweet, but it's actually more useful to me that you went through this grieving process six months ago so that all Mm -hmm. these people who are going through the grieving process now, you can be there for
3: them. And it's
0: like, okay, fair enough. You still with me so far?
3: Yep. Yep.
2: Okay. And I said, okay, now here's the thing that's funny, that I realized that if I had known how things were going to end up, Could I have handled my conversation, my initial conversation with my wife three and a half years ago differently? Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. would it have taken for
0: me to do that? And
1: it's like, huh. I I think I need a moment. I need a moment just to make sure I'm dragging. So the the question you're now discussing is, if I had known three years ago, if you had known three years ago when your wife proposed changing churches, meaning leaving that church, that the church would shut down uh, as a consequence? Are you feeling like, I mean, I think you said that you felt God said if you were there, you would have thwarted his purpose of shutting it down at this time. Um, okay, so is that what you're saying? If you had known that... If you're I, ab- if I, yeah. Sorry. So the, the question, I guess, is if you had known what? You said, if I had known three years ago, but i'm not it's not I'm trying to get wrap my mind around if you've <laughs> known you. what
2: you. yep. if if I had known that God was intending to shut down our church
3: uh-huh. and that
2: he was preparing me to help people through that transition, what could right. I have done differently
3: yeah okay, got it
0: right and mm-hmm. and so the interesting thing is like, okay, so um.
2: One thing is that uh, when my wife proposed just leaving our church, these people we've known for 20 years and all these relationships, you know, my immediate reaction was that seems wrong to just, you know, up and leave all these people that, you know, we love and, and that they love us and all these relationships, you know. Right there's got to be a better way to handle this. Uh-huh. That was my first reaction was this idea of, there is an important truth here that uh, doesn't she does not seem to be honoring.
0: And
1: okay. you still with me? Um, at the time you felt like she wasn't honoring the important truth of, what was the truth? that the, 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 the,
0: the relationships matter right we shouldn't quit when things get difficult
3: okay got it
2: Okay,
3: <laughs> yep. okay
2: and then the second thing was is that what i said was well you know i'm happy to pray about this like i you know you're seeing something i'm seeing something you know can we you know just take a step back and look at what we're thinking and feeling and process this
1: together right can we process this together right if if i can interject briefly i have i have a parallel situation with something jackie's been asking me um, which i haven't felt like i was ready to agree to so uh i have a practical context to compare with as we're processing yeah okay
2: right and here's the thing is that you know, if I know, to say. By the way, my plan is to actually blow up all those relational contexts anyway. Uh-huh. So the thing that I have learned now is the thing that I was worried about protecting. Right. God had, in some sense, already determined to destroy. Yep. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, I think a lot about Jesus uh, tear down this temple and in three days I will build it up again. Like, mm-hmm. he was not, he knew that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. Yeah. He knew that, right? And so because he knew that, he could make different trade-offs than those who were deeply invested in trying to protect the status quo. Mm-hmm. He knew that the status quo was doomed. And mm-hmm. what interesting is my wife actually had a dream about this where we were on, like, an island, like our whole church or whatever, we're on this island, or we thought it was an island, but actually it was a boat, and it was about to sink. And so we all had to sort of jump off and form human chains, and we would, like, sink under the water, but we'd be able to breathe underwater so it was okay or something like that. Like, you know, it seems like, you know, if you live on an island or you're staying on a boat in the middle of the ocean and it sinks, you're doomed, right? There's, like, no hope. So, like, it's the, it's important to, at all costs, keep the island or the boat from sinking. Right. But there is a paradigm shift that occurs where, like, the thing that everyone assumed was true turned out to be false.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And that opens up a whole new level of experience. Okay. And so this is the thing I realized is that, okay, that assumption that I had was wrong, and that led me to make another mistake. And that was, and uh, I'm going to try and put some terminology in here, see if this makes sense to you, is like we were in a, um, a normal context where I was treating us as equal players, right? She has a perspective. I have a perspective. We just lay our perspectives down and look at them. Right. And that's, that, that's what I would call normal life. is where we are just, you know, peers playing a game with a certain set of rules. And, like, normally that works fine. Like, where should we go for dinner? Well, I'd like to go for Chinese. Well, I'd like to go for Indian. Let's talk about it, right? You know, that is playing the normal game. What I I now realize, looking back, is that uh, there's this phrase I've been using uh, at work, which there's things that I do that look like arrogance, but
3: feel like
1: vulnerability. Huh?
2: Uh, did that statement make any sense to you?
1: It looked like arrogance and feel like vulnerability. Um, yeah. So I uh, back to what was my phrase. Um, I understand, but it doesn't make sense. Uh, maybe a specific example could help.
2: Sure. So, uh, two weeks ago, I sat down with the leadership of, uh, actually, maybe just a week ago. Less than a week ago? Yeah, last, what, well, it's been a lifetime. It feels like last Wednesday. Yeah, so less than a week ago. I, I sat down with the leaders of our startup, and I said, you know, um, you know they gave me a charter to figure out, you know, we want to quadruple our number of customers in the next year, uh-huh. and I want you to sit down with our sales guy and come up with a plan for what it would take to succeed. And to achieve that goal. So I sat down, prayed, went through a bunch of conversations, and I realized there is a structural problem in how our company is organized. And if we don't fix that, any plan we make will be useless.
3: Uh huh. Okay.
2: So I sat down with the founders, and I said, and we were all in person for a week long retreat, which was an unusual experience. I figured, if I'm going to do this, I have to do this now, or we wait a year and the opportunity is lost. And I said, okay. you know, you know, as I said, these are our values. This is the impact we want to make. This is the payoff we're hoping to receive. Is that the only important thing? Is that what you, is that the design criteria that I am tasked to solve? Is to make sure that we live out our values, achieve our impact, receive our payoff. And I said, yeah. Okay, I say, okay, I have a dangerously simple solution that I believe is the best way for us to achieve that. And I would like to speak my truth here. And that truth is that we need to fire our founders, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: okay? And so to sit in a room with the two founders who have spent seven years of blood, sweat and tears building the startup and telling them that they need to fire themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, probably looked to them like arrogance, right? It's like, I know what's right and you don't, uh, you know? But it felt like extraordinary vulnerability. Right. I am this employee. I serve at their women pleasure. You know, they right. could fire me at any moment. And that's what I mean by looks like arrogance, but feels like vulnerability. On the outside, it looks to you like arrogance. But on inside, to me, it feels like I'm being extraordinarily vulnerable.
1: So do you see situations where this dynamic played out with your wife?
2: So that was my point, is okay. that my wife said, I think we need to change our church. And I felt like she was being arrogant.
1: Oh, okay. She was
2: saying she knows what's best and she, something's wrong with the church and it's their fault and she's the only one who sees clearly. Right? So I oh. perceived that as arrogance on her part. Her okay. claiming to know more than she should or could.
1: Right. So what I was missing was that uh I was thinking you were describing where you were coming across as arrogant, um and trying to fit that ah. with but, yes. okay. But it was her that was being vulnerable by coming across as arrogant. And maybe that's, again, in the parallel in the situation with my life. Okay.
2: Right. And this is what I realized is that
3: mm-hmm. the,
2: and if that, and so that was the, uh, uh, perceptual error I made is that uh-huh. I, and then the, um, conceptual error is that I, uh, was more focused on doing the right thing than honoring her vulnerability.
0: Mm-hmm. And right. that was
2: the mindset I was in back then, um, mm-hmm. which you know, which is that the important thing is the law and doing the right thing, and it would be wrong to do that. And I'm not saying that perspective was wrong
1: but it was incomplete. Yeah, so let me uh, make sure I'm understanding, because I'm, I'm in a state where it's, I think I understand it, and I don't think it's making sense, the the broader, I mean, the details, yeah, they makes sense. Yeah. Um, the broader phrasing of, of being focused on doing the right thing, Versus, and I've lost even what the uh, well, the equating of doing the right thing with the law with the law. My perception is that when, when anything you label the law is the wrong thing, uh, to do now. Maybe that's where I'm getting um, off track because I don't think you think that the law is always the wrong thing, but um, there's uh, something about labeling something as the law that um it is a negative in my perception of what you mean by that so that's a little right. rambly but if, um, yeah yeah. If so not- and, and,
2: and, yeah so let me take a moment and see if i could find a uh less uh triggering way to frame this because i think because of my past behaviors the Using those words triggers a lot of understandable concern, and yeah. let, me, uh, let me let me let's how about uh, let, let's try the word norming, okay? There is a norm of some about something of value I wish to protect, and I have a norm, okay? And uh, and those norms protect something valuable,
3: right? Okay,
2: of genuine value. Yeah. Okay. And the challenge I face is that, okay, I have a value of something that is genuinely good. And I have a norm, which is the way that I protect it. Like the value is relationships and Uh the norm is, uh, you know, you don't abandon your community.
3: Right. Okay.
2: All right. And so those are, those are you know, relationships are obviously valuable, and, you know, that norm is really powerful for achieving that thing. Uh-huh. But what happened, I um, did not realize that when she made that statement that to her felt vulnerable and to me felt arrogant, uh, I felt threatened because I'm not conscious of my own feelings Uh, and what is it the feelings we do not feel the emotions we do not feel are the ones that control us the most
3: yeah yeah
2: right and therefore I in threat mode the logical thing to do is to you know, focus on what you value and the norms that protect them. Right. That is the, in fact, logical thing to do. When a bear is attacking you, you focus on, you know, getting away from the bear, or I guess staying very still so that he doesn't notice you. Right. right. Um You know, if your child is starting to run to the street, the norm is you go and grab them so they don't kill themselves. Right. Right. In, in times of threat, you know, threat rigidity is really useful.
3: Yeah.
2: Um to focus on only what matters most and ignore everything else. Right. But the interesting question is, okay, is my norms and my values um, my highest value? Okay. Just pause there and contemplate that. And this is precisely... Um, actually, this was the uh, the line that my friend Daniel and I came with when we were doing our the startup together called the Swan Factory. Is that our highest value is that our values are not our highest value?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The paradox there that it, that our highest value is to allow God to rewrite our values. All right. And so. Mm-hmm that i am been struggling to articulate. Nope, hold on a second, let me pause for a moment here. I gotta... Still there? Yep. Yep, that was interruptible. Actually, let me just take another minute and then I can talk more freely. There
0: is a Right. Very loose and flexible, in a lot of ways.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Things the dynamic there is a lot of going on the other hand, it's a very empowering environment where I feel like, okay, this is important. Hello? Are you there? Can you hear me?
3: Oh, sorry.
1: I, I had accidentally muted, and uh, prior to that, are you still there?
2: Yes, I'm. I am back. I'm here.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was uh, while you were uh, detached. I was trying to catch something in our previous recording. Then I got confused about which sound I was listening to, whether I was hearing your voice live or the recording. I mean,
2: I was freaking out because I was hearing myself talking on the phone. I was like, "Wait, did alternate Ernie take over the phone call while I was gone?" Yeah. Right,
1: <laughs> right. Uh, and, then, and then I hit the mute button by accident uh, when you were asking, and I was. So uh, yeah. Anyway.
2: <laughs> that was surreal. Uh, <laughs> okay, where was I?
1: Um,
2: uh, we were, which he uh, which was, was talking about what
1: <laughs> yeah well we uh, what what connected for me was i'm thinking through my wife uh asking me to shut down mission network uh and the defensiveness i've had about that and uh so we, we were discussing more generally being threatened and responding to being threatened um or feeling you know a threat and uh sleeping back against that while your wife's being vulnerable and appearing arrogant. And then you switch to, you have a working relationship um, that you were having. You had this retreat that was part of the context where, and and there was a kind of a cliffhanger. You just set, uh, told them that they need to fire the founders, which for you was uh, uh, vulnerable, but came across to them as arrogant. And uh, the vulnerability is in that situation. You could be fired. So, do you still have a job? It's you know. That's yeah,
2: a, I do yeah. actually. And the, the CEO is definitely on board with this, and the CTO is in process. But I'm confident we'll work it out. Um, yeah. But what I was sharing was, is that uh, previously, when I had my own startup with my friend Daniel, the Swan Factory, um, <clears throat> one of the things that we realized was that we had it was a very values-driven, missional thing, trying to bring the kingdom of God to people through meaningful experiences. And right. one of the things we had to confront was that our highest value is that we let God rewrite our values. Is that any values we bring are not the the most important thing.
3: Right. Right.
2: And this idea of is like okay, I have this norm and I have this value,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but my higher norm is to uh, and this is not a well-defined term but hopefully it will become clearer is to be christ to other people Mm -hmm. and this is what i call shifting from the normal mode of being a player to the exceptional Mm -hmm. mode of being a priest
3: Mm -hmm. okay
2: and and so Mm -hmm. let me talk let Mm -hmm. me talk through the concrete example of what i now realize i could have done differently
1: we in our uh, conversation you know, last week. I mean, our last conversation. Well, well, well,
2: let, me, let me do it with my wife first. That'll, okay. Bizarrely, right. talking about my wife is actually easier than talking about a relationship with you, which is, uh, uh, <laughs> but I guess because for you, it's a more emotional existence, right? Um, um, so, with my wife, I could have said, Wow, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. I need a moment. With right? your wife. Was Before we. Yeah. we, 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 we yeah. So, my wife says, like, comes to me and says, I believe God wants us to change our church. Uh And what I should have said was, wow, I was not expecting that. I need a moment. This is before we had invented moments during the Great Reset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't have that language or that concept. I said, I Mm -hmm. need a moment. And I say, and this is where self doubt would have been a powerful weapon, Mm -hmm. right? To say, you know, I can only imagine how difficult it was for you to say that. Thank you for your honesty and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I need some time to process that and wrestle with what God says. Right. And this is the thing that I could not do then that I Uh desperately want to learn how to do now is that there was no crisis. Right. My brain was screaming, something horrible is about to happen the most important thing is that you distance yourself from this potential disaster Mm
3: -hmm.
2: that's what my brain said because that was how it had been conditioned Mm -hmm. to pull away relationally to avoid a disaster or prevent Mm -hmm. a disaster yeah and I realized that is the mistake that is logaholism (laughs) right that is the addictive response that is severely maladaptive Mm -hmm. it was adaptive at one point you know Mm -hmm. in my childhood where you know I was dealing with adults who had different emotional baggage that they would impose on me it was a survival trait to pull away emotionally
3: right? and
2: I learned that I did not immediately pull to all sorts of things that made me feel inauthentic. Nothing terribly abusive, but just, Mm -hmm. um, you know, devalidating. Okay. I would lose myself in other people's emotions. Yeah. It was a, uh, you know, existential threat in that sense. And so Mm -hmm. having that hair trigger reaction was adaptive to those circumstances. Yeah. Right. Because I was a child and I did not know Christ.
1: Right. Right. But now uh, that I am. Yeah. Yeah. Now the uh, the recognition and acknowledgement of someone else's vulnerability uh, would be a big improvement. And then um, honoring that by. um, You know, really working through rather than just dismissing yeah well, well, not even that step?
2: right so so right. Well, so the first step is that like okay, realizing that I am not a child, I am not powerless uh-huh, right, right. Uh, yeah. two, two is like okay, secondly, uh realize that I was shocked and surprised, okay. like, and I had yeah. that feeling, realizing yeah. something important is like okay, so that was the okay, that was so then the question is okay, what do I do next, right, yeah. and I realized. The thing that i should do next is actually talk about this with god Uh and the uh the punchline is actually in the title of this episode the e-x-t uh the eternal or external i have the x in parentheses Uh right is the external eternal okay and i realized was um I'm going to do a, a diversion here, but I think this is relevant, so let me know if I exceed your elastic limit. Okay. Uh, uh, you ever been to a hotel? Yes. Yeah. Uh you ever talked to the clerk at the hotel about, like, some of the amenities? Like, is there, is there a fitness center, or is there a pool, or things like that? Have you ever had one of those conversations? Yeah. Okay, so there's a story of a man who goes to the, the the clerk and says, you know, hey, um, uh, I see that the, the the fitness center is only open from, you know, uh, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., but I have to, you know, leave at 8 a.m. I would like to work out at 6 a.m. Could you let me in? Okay. And there's two ways the clerk can respond. He's like, no, I'm sorry. Those are the rules. You can't do it, mm-hmm. right? The other way you responds respond to say, wow. Yeah, that must be really annoying. Let me see what I can do. Uh let mm-hmm. me see if I can find a manager or someone. And the customer so, so this is what they teach you in customer service is that you yeah. always take the customer's side and empathize mm-hmm. with them and let somebody else be the bad guy. Right. And I realized that is what I should have done with my wife. Mm-hmm. That is what God would have wanted. I should've said, "Okay, God, This feels wrong to me, Mm -hmm. but that's okay, because that is precisely the places where you uh, level me up to a whole new type of consciousness and experience of Christ. There is something genuinely valuable here at stake. Mm -hmm. So I need to go through a process where I externalize the eternal where I say, this is a thing of great value to me, how do I give it to you in a way that I can trust that you will hold it? And that, and if I can trust you to hold the thing of value to me, then I am free to be fully emotionally present for my wife in whatever her journey is, right? And that's kind of where, uh, you know, is, is that, I wanted her to bear the cognitive burden of all the downsides of her decision mm-hmm. because I did not want to bear the emotional burden of her cognitive reality everything she was thinking and feeling
1: so I'm and, um, okay I
3: I'm
1: I, I'm not sure I caught all of that because I'm distracted thinking about it. My own situation, in which Jackie's sure. dad. Uh, I'm happy could... to
2: pause if you want to explore your situation through this lens.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not sure whether it'd be better to uh, do that or just to have you review the go the the sequence that you just described. Um, because, as I say, I was distracted, and I don't want to miss what you said, but I need to register that I did. Um,
2: yeah. No. Okay. That's fine. Let me let me just try and give a quick summary is that it's the idea of the reason I react uh, is because I feel like something valuable is under threat.
3: Right. And if
2: I can entrust that valuable thing to God, which is not a trivial process, but if I can, then I can be fully emotionally present to help the other person process what they're going through rather than Uh being consumed with my own uh, psychological
3: needs.
1: Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, so to be emotionally present for the other, yeah, I remember it, it, you saying that uh, in, when I was being distracted and um, <laughs> trying to relate that to the situation. Um, I don't, uh, and that's, that's that's where I get, uh, I mean, I, it makes sense to me. I, I'm wondering, I guess I'm wondering, trying to sort out in my own, before the Lord here, uh, is what Jackie needs for me to be emotionally present or to um, uh, honor her, uh, I mean, I, um, anyway, that's, uh, either, we can either go down that trail or we can stick with, I, and I don't need to go down that trail, we could deal right. with that but
2: later. I, let me just kind of say, like, play out the scenario so you kind of see how that, I think I could have cast out in practice, like, you know, yeah, I okay. could have said, okay, God. It's like okay, what's the what's I need an external boundary that I can entrust the eternally valuable thing to, and yeah. so one example is that it's like okay, yes, you can change your church. The uh, the one criteria is you leave in such a way that the elders of the church give you their blessing, for example. Yeah. Okay. Right. Is that it's like okay, that's a way to honor that boundary. Uh-huh. and it puts me on her side. The goal is not to get her to avoid leaving the church. The goal right. is to help her get us to leave the church in a way that is relationship affirming. And I don't know if that's the right answer, but it's like an answer that would have fundamentally changed my entire relationship with my wife.
1: Right? So, uh, because she's yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm tracking with that. So, um but then my mind is spinning around. Okay, what would be the parallel? So if I can just process out loud.
2: Sure. I'm kind of done. So this is a good chance to, to switch roles.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, Jackie has a feeling that the, um, the social dynamics around Christian organizations is shifting and mm-hmm. that um, it may become a liability rather than a, a benefit to be mm-hmm. running our own organization. And I've demonstrated mm-hmm. Um a lack of um focus and intentionality about maintaining your various administrative pieces of having our own organization uh okay. so she's been pushing for a while for us to let that go and give people another donation option through uh, another ministry allegro okay. um and Maybe a third of our donors, some number of our donors have done that. Some have uh, just started giving directly and some uh, continue to give under our organizational structure. And I, my, my um, I don't know, impulse paradigm has been that uh, don't leave something until it's clear what the next thing is. Um, and my sense when she first brought this up was, well, maybe God's calling us back to... Um, more clearly, pursue what we set out to do when we founded Mission Network um, and what's in our bylaws that we haven't really um, developed as aggressively, and now we're in a better position to do than ever before. Um, okay, so um, uh, drawing on the hotel clerk analogy and uh, honoring her, um, what I'm, I don't have an answer for, but the question formed in my mind is. Uh, what would be the position I could take that would um put the the outcome in god's hands and honor her uh by taking coming alongside and agreeing with her and uh like you were saying with the elder's blessing uh would it be uh a through, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I think of survey of the donors in some way, but I don't know that that, that, yeah, that, that would doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. the
2: question is, is that like, what would make her feel like you are a hundred percent on her side? And yeah. right. So the so first question is like, you know, the, uh what is the thing, uh, so let's back up. What is the thing you're afraid of losing?
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, I would say at this stage in my life it's very different from when she first brought up the idea. Um, Mm -hmm. At this point, I actually am drawn to the idea of letting the current thing die and see what God, you know, replaces it with. I have no Uh question that he has continued use of me because I'm still on this planet and I have, Uh you know, amazing network of friends and contacts around the world and background and insights and right. um, if, you know, if we were writing the job description out now, it would be very different from whatever it was 20 years ago, 15 years ago when we started Mission Network. Um, okay. So uh, the question I think you asked was, what would it What would it look like for Jackie to feel I'm 100% on her side? And right. uh I think uh, if I just said, you know, I I think God has freed me up from feeling any responsibility to maintain and and carry Mission Network forward. So let's talk about a transition plan. Uh, uh, And, you know, we actually have talked some about a transition plan. So maybe I just agree with the transition plan and uh, leave it in God's hands if he wants to. Um, interrupt that or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you're breaking up. So, I, okay. Now you're back. Work
2: going on. Yeah. somebody's uh, yeah. crashing or there's a, not crashing, repairing the uh, telephone uh-huh. wires. And that seems to be causing oh. a lot of electrical interference in my, uh, right. either my phone or my headset.
1: Can you tell when it's, can you tell when it's breaking up?
2: In this case, I could. Because I was getting, okay. like, you know, but yeah. not yeah. always,
3: right?
1: So right. noisy
2: failures are always better than silent failures.
3: Yeah. yeah. This, this is this That's this is true. key to
2: the whole honoring vulnerability problem, right? Is yeah, that right. Is, is, is that like it is precisely the rare noisy signal that you must cherish and honor.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, uh, but that only works if you're secure. If you're insecure, you have to suppress the noise because otherwise you just freak out and never get anything done. That's right. the tension. Yeah. And so the real question is, is, how do I become more secure in Christ? How do I experience how Christ loves me in a way? So it's like, you know, the, yeah, I mean, I think that is perhaps the ultimate uh, entrusting to God is, is the whole, you know, it's like, okay, this is my Isaac. We're going to walk up a mountain. And if God wants to stop me at the last moment, he will. And if not, you know, God can raise something for the dead after the fact. So,
1: yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm tracking with you and this is making sense and it's been helpful to me. It was a great conversation. (laughs) It was good.
2: Yeah, this is good. I don't know if this is a little too personal to post, but I don't think so. I mean, it feels like nothing was. Negative about my wife was like things that appeared wrong to me. Right? Well, actually, this was the, kind of the punchline for me: is that just because the reasons I articulate make sense, and the reasons she can articulate don't, uh, uh-huh. is beside the point.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: And that that is a, that is that is precisely the opposite of logoholism, right?
3: Well, Logohol says yeah.
2: that being able to articulate your position clearly according to the rules of logic. That's what should win.
1: Okay, so you know, there, there's a flip side, if I can now play what they call that sure. I don't like the phrasing, sure. but um, so uh, there's also this potential for in a marriage or in any um, collaborative effort for somebody to have uh, fear or panic that would be unhealthy as a driver of a response Um, So you've talked about your fear. Uh, Mm -hmm. In our case, I've talked about Jackie's fear or concern about the shifting Mm -hmm. attitude, societal attitude toward Christian organizations. And Mm -hmm. um, there's, uh, you know, different people can label it different ways, uh, whether that's prudence or wisdom or uh, fear and worry. And right. uh, if we label it fear and worry, then uh, my role as a, a caring partner is to try and uh, resist and and um, you know plead for a calmer uh, outcome approach or or whatever response. Um, or if it's prudence and wisdom, then it would be to let go of my fears and worries. And I don't know. Uh, you know i um my framing has been uh that um you know it, the safest place is where God wants you to be uh and for some people that may be being in Israel right now for you know to shift over a right. different context. um yeah. so uh, so that that's been my struggle with this. I can put myself in the position of saying, okay. They will just let it go and see, you know, but if you, I think if you're going to be Abraham taking Isaac up the hill to uh, sacrifice him, you need to be pretty clear that God spoke to you. Uh, And and I, I imagine that he didn't tell Sarah. What he was doing, or I don't know how that conversation went. But, <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: That'd be a great uh, trip sometime.
1: Yeah. Um, so you see, my my uh, I don't want to just on. and and particularly because my relationship with Jackie is often centered on keeping her happy and going along with whatever she felt or proposed. Uh, and so to repeat that in this context. Uh, initially felt like it's part of an unhealthy pattern or would have if I'd even considered it you know, uh, so.
2: This is great. This is fantastic. I think we have found the thing, the eternally valuable thing that you need to find a way to externalize, right? What does it mean? Because, like, you're absolutely right. Right, It's not like these things have no value. In fact, they often have eternal value, right? Your identity, your autonomy, your being is a thing of eternal value. And it is... It is a thing that was brutally taken away from you in your youth.
3: And
2: it is it was a highly adaptive strategy to hate anything that threatens to do that. Mm -hmm. And this is um, precisely the homework assignment. How, what would it take for you to trust that God can protect that, which I think is is your true Isaac, right? It is your son whom you love, this child who was um, extraordinarily devalued in his youth, and so is not, we're not, we're rightly we're
1: terrified.
2: Not. Yeah.
1: So, in my Isaac, as you're referring to, is not the missing network. But it's
2: yeah.
0: Well,
1: how what would you say? If,
2: Here, it? Uh, let's let, let's go let's go with autonomy. That's not an ideal word, but it's okay. like a sense of selfhood. Okay. Of of a valu- of a valuable self. Uh huh. Right, because part of you says, hey, if I do this, this is like giving up myself to what other people want, and
3: that's mm-hmm. just wrong.
2: And it's like, okay, that is a valid sentiment, and the the process repeats. At first, this was about how to negotiate with Jackie to understand right. her needs and desires, but now it is precisely uh-huh. about how to negotiate with yourself, yeah. your Isaac, your wounded child. It's right. Like, hey, like I think this is wrong, and it's like, okay, I could yeah. go into threat mode and say, uh, I could I could go. what is it? The 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 little trifoil I put in my last, I don't know if you saw the image, the tyrant, yeah. the victim, yeah. or the or the rebel, right? Yeah,
1: I've got that it, it's me, easy yeah. to
2: respond in, in any of those ways to say, well, shut up, this is, a, this is the noble Christian thing to do, I don't care what happens to you, we should do what Jackie wants, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Or right.
2: to do the rebel and say, yeah, who cares what she wants? I need to do what I want. Or it's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, life sucks, we just have to go along with what everyone else says. Mm-hmm right? And and all right. three of those are not Christ. Right. And this is precisely the challenge, is how to be Christ, uh, how to receive Christ uh, in ourselves, so we could, you know, for ourselves, so we can give Christ to others. Mm-hmm. It is precisely creating the space where these voices can be heard, and neither shut down nor instantly obeyed and then grapple with God until we understand how to trust him. It's not just that we should trust God, but it is precisely how to trust God because there are wrong ways to trust God. Right. We trust him out of fear. We trust him out of tradition. We trust him out of arrogance, you know, cast yourself down from this uh, rampart. Right. But, and yeah. it's like, no, th- this this is the hard work of understanding exactly how to trust God with what is most important to us, especially those things that have been cruelly devalued by others. So it is very hard to trust anybody with any of it.
1: So um, to throw in another, uh, when you say it's, Hard work, my mind runs to the recent um, um, Emmanuel approach stuff that we've uh, been Mm -hmm. exploring and wondering whether we make it hard work, I make it hard work when it doesn't need to be, Um, whether there's an entering into awareness of Jesus and him speaking to me that uh, makes this much, much simpler and easier. Uh, on one level and maybe there's still uh i mean the the knowing the knowing what he wants makes that simpler uh which may not make the wrestling with not my will but thine be done uh it doesn't make that any easier but um at least clarifies you know if i if i knew if, I, if god were to write me a note and say Robbie, just you know abandon the thing or just hold firm Either one, um, it would be easier than, uh, so that's, is, is the hard thing getting the discernment from God? Is, is that what you're saying is hard? Uh, and that's where I'm questioning, are we making it hard where, if for Abraham it wasn't hard, God said, take Isaac oh, up the It mountain.
2: wasn't hard to know that God said it.
1: Right, it was hard to do, right, and that's a different <laughs> hard, so.
2: Wait, 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 well, well so in my experience,
1: yeah. you can
2: judge for yourself as well as to you. The reason it is hard to hear what God is saying to us is precisely because we don't want to hear it. <laughs> is that the two are not distinct categories. Oh, if God just told me plainly, then it would be obvious that I'd be easier to do It's like, no, we know it would be extremely hard to do, which is why our brain very uh, kindly and helpfully keeps us from hearing it.
1: Take takes our and side so mean- God and lets God be the bad guy. No, Sorry? I'm not sure. Uh, well, I was trying to parallel that with the clerk that our minds are yeah. on our side and believing God to be the bad guy, but uh, it's still not clear. Be, well, in the case, you, we don't know what the manager said about exercising at 6 a.m. Right. right? We, yeah, yeah, we don't,
2: and it doesn't matter. Like, this is the crazy premise uh-huh. is that there is a way of being in the world and like we only approach it dimly, but the more we do, the more the kingdom of God comes where the world sees us as fully emotionally present with them and not holding on to anything religious or self selfness Um and that if we do that even if they kill us for it god wins mm-hmm. and this is me this is the gospel yeah <laughs> this is the cross of christ right. and discipleship and everything and it's hard it's not obvious but right. like this is the thing worth figuring out yeah is how to be so, that way in the world and what it takes to do that. And you know, to me, the the hard part with like a manual encounter, all these things, is like, yes, yeah, it's easy once you see God. The hard part is staying still long enough to see God.
1: Mm-hmm. You so know? I think I'm getting kind of an answer for the, the thing with Jackie uh, forming that I can uh, be vulnerable with her, and I don't think this would even come across with <laughs> her to say um, I'm not uh, sensing the same thing you're sensing in terms of uh, that God wants us to shut down mission network um but I'm open to that um my fear and this is the vulnerable part is that uh your um that that this this is a fear you have driving this and that that's the wrong way to resolve the question. But uh, it may be that God's actually simply speaking to you and not to me. And I need to be open to that. if it is fear, um, it feels like my responsibility is to uh, resist and bring us to a place where we're not operating out of fear. And that if I let go of, and I just agree with you that I'm, abandoning a responsibility I have and actually giving you a disservice but um, I am willing if you're in agreement to acknowledge that that's a possible risk and put this in God's hands and go ahead and shut the thing down if you're really convinced this is what God's saying um, how does that sound to you as I talk about saying that to Jackie Does that Okay,
2: I need a moment.
1: Yeah.
2: I honestly think the right thing for me to say is nothing. Okay. I think I need to leave it there, and I think yeah. you. Uh, I would invite you to, you know, reflect on this with God, and then when we talk next. Uh, I will ask you what you think.
1: Uh, well, at this point, I think this is what God's shown me, and so okay. I was going to go and have a okay. yeah. so, so with oh, Okay, I,
2: I, I will tell you that <laughs> if you do that,
1: uh-huh.
2: I, it would make me feel like you did not understand anything I said.
1: Um, Can you help me? <laughs> Uh, so my, my
2: whole point, okay, what, my fundamental point is that I want you to wrestle your inner child fears out with God first, so you don't dump that cognitive burden on Jackie. Did you just want to say, okay, Jackie, I believe God has spoken to you. What do you want to do? How can I help? That is the posture that I believe you can get to after you truly entrust all of your fears to God.
1: But, um, okay, after I've fully entrusted all my fears to God, I would be able to go to Jackie and say, what do you want to do? How can I help? Yes. Um, And I would not uh, then... uh, relate to her, the concern I have that um, what she is wanting is, not, um, is driven by fear rather than prudence. Not to be exactly. open with her about that.
2: Because once you have grace from God to deal with your fear, then you will have grace from God to deal with her fear. And you will not need to use the law to protect you from it.
1: Okay, that that uh, terminology, I'm not feeling like I'm understanding.
2: Yeah, Um, like I said, it's all downstream of the question of what does it mean to entrust God with your fears? Like that is the thing that I want you to experience. And that is the process I want to engage. I'm happy to walk with you on engaging. And uh once you understand what that means, I think the rest of it will make sense. How do you, because I think it's a it's a valid question. It is not a simple question. How do you entrust God with your deepest fears?
3: Well, so you're asking. I'm
0: saying
2: that is the question I want to leave you with.
1: Okay. Uh, are, and we I at, think, at of, are we near the end, end of we're,
2: we're, your time? Yeah, I need to get ready for some meat and I haven't showered and I have a meeting at nine thirty, and all this so I gotta move quickly
1: yeah okay well I uh it's interesting because <laughs> I feel like what God has said to me through our conversation is go ahead and have this conversation with Jackie as I described it to you um and you're saying that that's uh a wrong uh that, that that's uh, not I did not God's say it was <laughs> wrong I
2: absolutely did not say it was wrong. Maybe that is what God is telling you to do. All right. I am saying that if you do that, I will feel like you haven't heard anything I said. And maybe that will be true. And maybe it's also true that God wants you to have this conversation with her and it will, you know, reveal some deep insight I can't understand. Right?
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I
2: I feel what I feel. You do what you do. And, you know, I've given you the information and I'm totally happy with you doing whatever it is you feel is right. And we will learn from that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I actually feel I like and think that I've heard what you're saying, um, and I'm sorry. If my my reaction is uh, feels like I haven't heard what you said. Um, it may be that there's a matter of disagreement, uh, rather than not hearing, or maybe hearing. If I don't agree, maybe that's what you mean by not hearing what you said. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll see what how the day turns out, and uh, we'll go from there all right we'll talk again all right. god, bless you. Thank you my
2: so god i just thank you that you're at work and that you are continually teaching all of us how to grow closer to jesus and mm-hmm. walk in the way of christ and lord i just thank you that whatever happens however foolish or wrong-headed it may seem to us you are working for the you know uh to work all things for good according to your purpose uh, to conform mm-hmm. us to the image of your Son. And we thank you that nothing is wasted. In Jesus' name I pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah. All, right. All right. bless you, man. God bless you. Bless you.
2: Bye. Bless you.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.